0: Welcome back to Don't Call a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. Today we are uh, starting our, our little progression fantasy tour. Um, today's book is Into the Labyrinth by John Bierce, which is the first book in the Mage Errant series. And it's, this one's a little bit short, so we actually did read it all the way through. Mm-hmm. So unless you've finished the book give us a quick give us a quick pause and then <laughs> and we're back okay and, welcome back and, yeah okay <laughs> um so okay let's do we're going to do no warm up today because uh taking taking you behind the curtain a little bit uh we're we're also going to release a patron only episode this week um so for those patrons get hyped uh, if you're not a if you're not a patron, get on Patreon if you want to listen to it. Uh, a quick a quick reason to listen to it is mm. since Dan and I are about to record two episodes in a row, I've made myself a little bit a little little cocktail. Um, Luke's already having trouble speaking. Excellent. And so by the time we get to the patron only episode, um, we'll see we'll see how I'm doing. <laughs> so that's a that's a little teaser. We'll check in. We'll check in then. Uh but before that we got to we got to get our work in. Like we got to we got to
1: put in the work, you know? This is right. practice. We got to do some practice here before we can go. We got to eat our vegetables. We got to read the book. Like we got to talk about this book. That's yes, that's correct. Okay. Um <laughs> I said that like this is going to be an exhausting conversation. That's not true. I'm excited to talk about the book. <laughs> we just can't we can't have Luke be wasted while we talk about the book we need to be on our a game for this
0: that's what I mean right right bring the professionalism for this for this part of it Correct. um okay so so mage errant um <laughs> first thing I want to say yeah is one of the toughest like first chapter or like setup chapter for a main character that I think I've ever read oh Walk, walk me through it, Luke,
1: because I don't remember all so, the terrible uh, things that happened to him right off the bat. But I know it's a lot.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I. Uh, so, first off, we just are being introduced to Hugh. Mm-hmm. And um, you kind of get the general like self-loathing thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, he gets bullied by Rhodes once.
1: Mm-hmm
0: um and then goes to I forget what order this happens in but like goes to lunch people make fun of him there <laughs> yeah uh he goes to class and there's a new teacher that's trying to uh fix him yeah. and kind of humiliates him in front of the classroom unintentionally yeah and then at the end of the day he gets uh to his room which has been vandalized and ransacked. Mm-hmm. Oh, was he, this all the, the chapter first ends, chapter? Was this all I in the. I think this was the first chapter. And, I, and then the chapter ends with him laying, like sitting down and crying. Yeah. Oh. And it's just like, oh. It's, just, it's oh. a tough start. It's Hugh. a tough start for my guy.
1: Phew. I didn't realize that was all in one
0: chapter. That. Oh, man. <laughs> You. i mean you could someone someone can fact check me but if it's not one chapter those are that's the sequence of the first day at least yeah i'm pretty sure yeah
1: which okay i feel like it's made worse by the fact that it's a new teacher who's trying to help him mm-hmm. and i think that this is demonstrating a teaching pedagogy that is like absurd which Ooh, i know okay. is common i know this is a common strategy. But I think it's ridiculous. And that is like calling attention to someone who is not doing a good job. Like, don't bring them in front of the class. Don't stop the class and have everybody watch Hugh try and figure out how to do this thing.
0: That's terrible. Don't do that. Is that like a thing that people think is good? So Uh, I'm asking the, the professional doctor. Oh, this is a question for Dr. Dan. Correct. Correct. Professor Dr. Graham is actually... (laughs) how you should uh, address me
1: but i don't think so much anymore i think this is a pretty outdated strategy but like there are some faculty who will call on people to answer a question and Mm -hmm. like kind of push them if they don't seem to know the answer and i can understand that perspective if you're trying to make sure people are doing some kind of reading or something for class but right. it's it also just kind of rude. It's like, just give them no points. Have a little quiz that they can fail privately. Don't. I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this this professor needed to just, like, have little breakout groups. Like, all right, everybody, get in little three-person three, group, three person groups, yeah. practice this magic, and then I'll travel around to the groups and see who's doing well and who needs extra assistance. And then you, you help the student privately. You don't, like... Hey, you can do it. You don't try and
0: encourage them in front of the whole class. Like, you got it, champ. Try again. Right. Especially because, like, the thing that they do in front of the whole class is not, like, new instruction. (laughs) It's just like, hey who give it another shot. And then it, like, messes it up again. It's like, okay, that one didn't go well. Try again. Everybody can do this. I know
1: you'll get it. (laughs) It made it so much worse <laughs> that if it was like a faculty member who knew Hugh and was just like, I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass him in front of everybody.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It is rude. It's rude. It's
1: so rude. And it was tough too. Cause you, like, I can tell that this professor came from a good, like it came from a good place for sure. She's trying to mm-hmm. help him out. She's yep. trying to give him a win here. Cause he seems really down on himself. She's like, let's, let's get Hugh a win in front of the whole class so they can see he's not you like worthless and uh nope turns out
0: pretty worthless <laughs> well if you're gonna if you're gonna try to give hugh a win as the as the professor in this circumstance mm-hmm. you you need you need to do the work this is to trick. find something that's gonna work you can't just be like i, I think i i don't know i think this one will work <laughs> let's see This is, you know what? Yeah. And this is, um,
1: I'm going to give them a little slack here because they're a new professor. It's tough. Your first, your first go to figure out Mm -hmm. the best strategy. You know, often there's not any kind of instruction about how to be a professor. They just kind of pull you right out of grad school and are like, yeah, you can teach now. So I'll, I'll give them some slack. I mean, obviously I didn't have any of these problems, but you know. Right. Not everyone's (laughs) as naturally gifted as I am.
0: Of course. We all know that. Yeah. (laughs) you could have figured out hughes issues very quickly yeah
1: yeah Um, it's pretty obvious actually Um, actually since we're on this um can we talk about the instructors in skyhold okay do they all seem really incompetent or is that just
0: me so okay we haven't actually been introduced to that many like personally i don't think i so the
1: reason i'm saying this what I mean when I say this is our main mage, our librarian, Errant, mm-hmm. who gets these three together, these three oddballs together to form a team, within like a pretty short amount of time is able to diagnose all three of their separate issues.
0: Okay. Yes. So he he is able to diagnose all of their issues. Um, here's... I don't think that it was quick. Actually, I because okay. one thing that I noted is he talks about when he's when he's bringing up Hugh, he's like, "It took me like a few weeks of research," which I'm assuming is not like dedicated research. I'm assuming it's like he looked up some things when he had a chance. Yeah, but um, I think he did have to put a decent amount of work into it. Okay, and I. I I think that's why
1: I hesitated when I said pretty quick, uh, because I, you're right. For each of these people, he did a lot of research and he really like studied them and figured out how to help them. Um, I don't know. I feel like that's the ins- instructor's jobs, though, right? Like if your class <laughs> is already going good, like you you've given this lecture ten times on how to make fire from your wand. Obviously, this new professor we're gonna give her. Pass, but every other professor here is like, yeah, I I teach the same lecture every time, and my students can yep. get it pretty easily. By the end of the class, I've got mostly B's and A's, so it's fine. And then you get one <laughs> student who's like, yeah, I can't do it. And you're like, What do you mean you can't do it? And it's like, I'm trying really hard, I can't do it. Like, that's your job now. Your job now is to be like, Okay, how do I get this student to get it? Because you've already hmm. figured out how to get all the other students to do it. Like, and my other thing about this is when he tells he tells us what Hugh's deal is. It doesn't seem like it's that uncommon, right? There's two things about it that are Hugh's deal, right? One of them is that the Aether where he's from is really um, weak, mm-hmm. and so he's just got a huge reserve of mana built up, and he's just pumping mana into something. Like I feel like everybody every mage who's like worth their magic would know about aether and know that it's weak in this location
0: right and that's a pretty big uh, they, they for sure know that it's weak in the in this location i assume actually do they Ha! <laughs> They've well, got the, the, the only reason i the only reason i say do they is because uh the the students that we know don't know but i mean i I would I would hope that the instructors
1: would know. It seems like the instructors should know. Now, maybe they don't because not many mages come from this location and they don't go to this location. Actually, this may have been the explanation for why they didn't realize this because nobody really goes there either because there's not. But they right. don't go there because it's really hard for them to do magic, right? Like that was part of the explanation is like, yeah, they
0: don't really go there much because it's hard to do magic there. <laughs> So like right I there there would be like some intellectual curiosity I would hope of being like why hey why are there less mages in Imblin?
1: Right. Oh because they just hate mages? No, that can't be it. <laughs>
0: right. Um so I I do think that there's a little bit here of Alistair being like a particularly good instructor or mage right but i also agree that we're getting we're getting some negligence right for sure
1: like nobody has addressed hugh's problem like not a single person has been able to say you know actually i think this might help you they've just been like yeah try it again i don't know i don't know what's going (laughs) wrong and the the other component where he's like a warlock everybody knows what a warlock is when he says i think you're a warlock (laughs) all the students are like oh you're a warlock that's whoa did you make a deal with a demon? And it's like, okay, so we all know that this is a thing that he could be. Why did nobody else ask this question?
0: Right, this should be this should be day like the first thing. Like, oh, you don't have affinities? Oh, yeah. you're a warlock. Yeah. This I here's the decision tree yeah. and it's like the first one is do, do they have affinities? <laughs> yes, no. <laughs> correct no it's just warlock
1: yeah 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 and so the fact that this is new data for hugh is concerning about this whole place
0: right yeah um maybe they're just understaffed you know this is the only
1: magic school (laughs) this this can't be this is tragic if the only magic school (laughs) is understaffed oh god
0: Right. That's not good. That's not a good sign. Yeah. I mean, so because we hear there's like there's like three thousand first first-year students. Or is it 1,000? Something like that. Oh, uh, I don't remember. Which like is not that <laughs> many <laughs> when you consider the university that I go to has like 50,000 students. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Although, to be fair, you don't have to demonstrate magical abilities to get into your university, right? No,
0: I, I, I realize that. But in terms of like the size of classrooms and, and whether or not they're understaffed. Okay. Yeah. It's like okay, this is a pretty small school. Like.
1: Also, their alumni has got to be able to donate so much money. They're like the most yeah. powerful, successful people in this whole. Yeah universe they can do magic and no one else can they're making so much money
0: which to okay to be fair i think that the the initial period um before they get chosen for like an apprenticeship or whatever it is mm-hmm. is not that long i think it's like a year right uh, i think i feel like it was like half of the first year okay. or something like that okay sure right sure it's like um, it's like grad school. and so and so <laughs> And so, yeah. Assuming you pat you are like chosen by someone or some group. After that, your your uh, teacher to student ratio is like pretty good. Oh yeah. Wait. Hold on,
1: Luke this is this is ridiculous this is how is this school still even existing why are people still sending them their kids to this school because yeah they're just hooking them up with an internship program they're not like that means that the base level instruction the like get you up to speed instruction should be phenomenal because you could just Mm -hmm. get an internship elsewhere right like Everybody else is getting their like either their clan is teaching them their parents are teaching them. the only thing that this school is doing their only role is getting students who are bad at magic to be like
0: good enough at magic. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like to be chosen by a, a yeah instructor because as soon basically. as they give them
1: to an instructor it's like okay now you're teaching them like we don't have upper level instruction. You're teaching them. Go forth.
0: Well, okay. To uh, to be fair, they're still taking classes after this.
1: Yeah, but their instructor gets to like decide what those class their their mentor, their like intern mentor gets to decide those classes, right?
0: Right. I feel like I feel like at this point it's almost more of just like a proximity of everyone being together thing mm, where it's okay. like okay i've chosen like this is the mentor that i'm gonna have and it's just like you know they're ob- i'm obviously going to be f- f- focusing on what they have to teach me right but right it's just convenient to have access to these other experts in these similar fields sure that i can learn from as well sure but i i
1: think i've I still think that the school's main job is just getting troubled teens to be good at magic <laughs> because otherwise if they already can do magic, they don't go to the school, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like in most cases, aside from being in from Emblem where they just hate mages, everybody else is like, <laughs> yeah, I came from a mage family. They're going to train me up to do cool mage stuff. It's, it's totally good. That's what all my family did.
0: Yeah, it's kind of weird because like a lot of a lot of the families the like you know like uh Sebe, I don't know how to pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Her family I think doesn't send their children to the school. Um but then like Rhodes is this royalty is to some kingdom. Mm-hmm. And is like talented. Yes. So I I don't really know what the like what makes people decide to send their kids to the school i'm guessing it's
1: mostly football yeah
0: they got a good athletic program they do hugh not in it (laughs) definitely
1: not poor hugh (laughs) but back back to my main point i think these instructors are not very good i think this is the these instructors are not good at their jobs
0: i think that's i think that's fair yeah for sure um and and lazy I'd say yeah,
1: definitely lazy.
0: They're tenured as hell, because like the 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 our three main characters issues are super interesting. Like if you're a professor that's like, I don't know, enthusiastic about stuff, you're gonna be. It's I feel like it would be exciting.
1: Any of these would be so exciting, right? It would be like, oh, your family covered you in tattoos to make you better at fire magic and you don't have one of those affinities
0: time to research yeah be sweet (laughs) yeah uh okay so so i do agree um and i aliston agrees too Mm -hmm. apparently because he takes them all on Mm um (laughs) i have a my next notes are all really small but i feel like they'll they'll transition into bigger things okay um the first one is how quickly talia uh-huh becomes casual with alliston mm. um i was a little bit shook by this because it's like 30 minutes in uh-huh and uh She's, like, talking a little trash to him, calling him Al. Which, <laughs> yeah. granted, he's told them to stop calling him, like, sir. Yeah. And told them to call him Alistair. Uh-huh. But she, put, she pushes it to Al within, like, yeah, like 30 minutes of, of them interacting. Right. Um, and I think really set the tone for the relationship. Yeah. And well, uh, what was originally worrisome, but I think has turned out well. She, I mean, I think it characterizes her
1: super well. Right, she's part of like a rebellious mountain clan that doesn't like authority. Yeah, she's not calling him sir. Are you kidding me? Absolutely not. The her clan like takes land from other people. They literally push boundaries. That's like literally their whole deal. Yeah. So for sure, she's gonna be like, "How about Al? You ever thought about Al? (laughs) I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. We're
0: gonna go with Al. Um, Yeah." You're Which r- I mean to be fair you got to go al Alistair three syllables it always needs to be short it's kind of name. it's kind of rude to everyone else you know I, yeah like you can only keep your full name if it's two syllables max uh-huh this is true <laughs> this is known um i
1: <laughs> i agree with you though let's go back to Talia though um yeah i think i was concerned nobody would like her like she wouldn't be mm, capable of connecting with people Mm -hmm. she's been the most like tight with hugh she's been the one who most seems to get hugh and be like connecting with hugh which is nice to see you know she's she's fiery it is yeah but she's
0: she's got a good heart you know She for sure does. I think the I think that's what's able to uh, to cut through some of some of Hugh's issues. Uh, Yeah. Where when he says something uh, that's like self-effacing, instead of doing the normal just like, oh, no, you're great type thing. Uh Talia like yells at him.
1: Honestly, though, I appreciated that so much because it was so annoying. I would have been so annoyed if I was (laughs) hanging out with Hugh for any period of time because it's like, dude, I'm not going to just keep. I get it. You're down on yourself. That sucks. I've already told you. I think you're great. It kind of feels (laughs) like you're fishing for compliments at this point. Just come on, dude. Just right. We've already said you're awesome. We've already said you're a great part of our team and we need you. Please stop making us keep reaffirm this. It's annoying. It's annoying to keep being like, no, dude, I, I still think you're great. <laughs> right.
0: Um, yeah, because, <laughs> yeah, like, here's the thing. There is some truth to Hugh's issues. Yeah. Especially, like, down in the labyrinth before... He bonds. Yeah. Um, But it's like everybody knows the thing, right? It's like, yeah, Hugh, you're really freaking good at wards and you haven't contracted a partner yet. So, like, (laughs) in a scenario where wards are important, you're going to be the most valuable person. Yeah. And I feel like this actually is where they're missing – like making Hugh feel better, where they're mm. they're like, they're they're like bringing up things that he has done, which like sure, yeah, like he helped with the fighting, but mm-hmm. it's just like if, if we're focus if we're able to distinguish between when people are more valuable than others, which is like a thing, right? Right, like um, Godric is going to be valuable in like a combat interaction, yeah. Like a close quarters combat thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Obviously better than Hugh. Hugh's going to be much more better if we're like protecting a city or something.
1: Well, and even in this situation, right? Even in the situation of the labyrinth, which is what he's down on himself for. He gets down on himself while they're in the labyrinth. Because he's like, oh, God, I couldn't help at all. It, uh, anytime there's traps, you get some traps involved that have wards or something. Hugh's going to be super valuable, yeah. right? Sure. Maybe not when there's monsters around. Maybe not as much when they're fighting monsters as some of the other folks, but there is an equal, like there was an equal likelihood they could have run into a bunch of traps that needed him mm-hmm. and his specific expertise.
0: Right. This is, this is where we, you need to define, define the party at the beginning, mm-hmm. right? You got to define the party, right? We got our rogue. We got our lock picker here. That's Hugh. Okay. Right. And then it's like, okay, these are your strengths and when you're the most useful. That way, like, if those things come up and you can't do anything, you're not down on yourself. Because it's like, yeah, I didn't help that much, but that's because the things that I'm there to help with didn't come up. Right. It's fine. Right. Now, if if you do keep getting bodied by
1: traps, then you need to reevaluate. Then you need to be like, (laughs) oh, maybe I do. Maybe I am bad.
0: (laughs) Right. Of course. Of course, <laughs> um, but so far, so far, good on the good on the traps. <laughs> we we jumped ahead a little bit there.
1: Yeah, um, should we jump back a little bit? Yeah, can we? We are talking about Talia a little bit. Can we dig into Talia a little more? Love to. Yeah. So, the tattoos are kind of a terrible idea, right? I get that they justify it later when they're like oh yeah everybody else was fire attuned so like and the sooner you get these tattoos the better and these might not have even worked before you were attuned you have Hmm. to think of the downside though like you have to at least consider you have to be like all right doctor what are my options and he's like well i could give you cool fire tattoos that if they if they're fire type then they're going to be the most powerful person ever and you, it sounds like they just went, yeah, yeah, yeah do that, give me that one. And he's like, I haven't told you the side effects
0: yet. And they're like, no, no, it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like a little bit of quantification here, and, um, and also like need because the quantification thing is. Like how much more powerful are we talking? Yeah if it's like five percent, then no. Um Right. Upsides and downsides. Then, and then Right and then when it comes to the need, like do we really is this like a time when we specifically need someone to be like extremely powerful? Mm. Or is it just like, yeah, let's make our daughter powerful because that's cool. Because <laughs> it's dope as shit. <laughs>
1: I actually really like this point, the need component, because I think, and I think too, just from a story perspective, this could have made it a lot more, this could have maybe elevated the story a little bit. Because imagine if they needed a really powerful fire mage and Mm -hmm. now Talia is not only struggling with magic and disappointing her family, she's also like, feels responsible for maybe a disaster that is about to happen to her clan and that is like motivating Mm -hmm. her to try and become powerful in that way do you know what i mean like yeah yeah yeah. that need could have made that so much bigger and like a way like the driver for talia to like want to actually be powerful
0: with these tattoos you know what i mean right for sure um it's also super interesting how she doesn't have any, or at least doesn't seem to have any resentment, for it.
1: Yeah, I wondered about this too. I, it doesn't seem like she does, but I feel like you would have to, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you're just so brainwashed that like, oh yeah, no, my family does the right thing every time. Um, it's like, oh. <laughs> no face tattoos for for an eight year old. Completely appropriate. Completely I think. Completely normal and good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, maybe they look. Maybe they. Maybe they really do look sweet, though. Uh, the dream fire technique seems cool.
1: I guess. Dream fire seems terrifying, Luke. <laughs> Have like, does it not? I'm
0: sorry. Is it not terrifying? It is. Yeah, I don't really know I I don't really know what it is actually. So it
1: like it can either burn people or have a completely random effect including slice you into half inch cubes or turn you into mush. Like th- don't get near me with this stuff. I don't like yeah. no. 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 Get away. Get away from me please. Because <laughs> it could be so bad. It could, the fact that it's a random effect, a random terrifying effect.
0: Right. It's like, oh, I can't Right. Just, like, I'm not just defending like, against like fire. If,
1: I'm defending against any <laughs> random effect that you could throw at me.
0: Right. Like if I'm going up against tally, it's like, okay, I've got my normal, my normal things that I have started protecting myself against because they're the most common, you know, I've got my shield that protects against fire uh my light, my lightning minus 10 lightning damage whatever whatever uh i don't have a like shield of protecting against melting my face off yeah, yeah. i wasn't expecting i wasn't expecting to have to defend against that correct
1: so like dream fire is horrifying it's it, mm-hmm. you have to be ready to do anything to the person that you're fighting against you have to just be like committed to like yeah when you attack with fire you're like i'm committed to burning them potentially alive and killing them if they can't stop this when you attack someone with dream fire you have to commit to like i'm committed to anything happening to them going from uh turning inside out and melting to (laughs) growing 500 feet tall
0: this okay yeah this is a good point you cannot, t- like, Talia doesn't seem to have a incapacity, like, a, she can't set her stun level, her uh, <laughs> phasers to stun, basically. Correct, yeah,
1: yeah. It's like, <laughs> well, and that's the thing, she might be setting them to stun, right? D- sure. she, she doesn't sure. know what the effect is, so it could be <laughs> just stun. I don't know. It's terrifying yeah. for everybody involved. It's, I think for her, for the person on the other end of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We got to, we got to learn more about, about this stuff before we're just unleashing it. I think, um, can we, can we actually talk a little bit about Hughes' potential bonding partners before he does end up bonding? Okay, yeah, yeah, Because um, I did enjoy the sections where we were just reading about like powerful creatures, hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know I, I I don't think that I necessarily had one that I was going to choose over the other one. I mean, the big turtle guy sounded cool, well, I mean but. Come on. Luke we can't just pick a big turtle guy that's we gotta be a little original here well okay the one that I was gonna say is uh, we don't get a lot of this one because it cuts off Mm -hmm. but uh, Intet Slew the blood boiler wanna hear a little bit more no (laughs) it says Intet Slew the blood boiler is a half dragon half demon creature and then it like cuts off and Hugh's like nope (laughs) I mean, yeah, I'm with Hugh on this one, Luke. What are you talking about? Ta- talk to me about the half-dragon, half-demon. That sounds cool.
1: I do have some questions about where this half-dragon, half-demon came from. Like, how did they... How did that work? Uh, but I don't... I, you have to make a deal with this person. You don't just... <laughs> this is not... He's looking for someone to make a contract with, Okay. Right. I'm not making a contract with somebody called the Blood Boiler. I'm not showing up with a pen and paper being like, hey, so I have what I think is a pretty equitable equitable distribution of mana between the two of us. Uh, Would you just read over this and initial
0: it? (laughs) Okay, sure. The Blood Boiler is a tough nickname. Yes. Also, you have to carry that forever like that those you're imagine what his
1: affinities are like heat and blood yeah i could do heat blood magic <laughs> which we've already gone into with Yaren and her whole deal blood magic is terrifying nobody wants to be friends with you if you're a blood mage
0: this is true also intet slew as a name oh. sounds a little bit bad it's just like kind of gross it's pretty I gross think. yeah yeah so so maybe 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 i should rescind this um <laughs> i just think we're being maybe 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 i'm saying Hugh's being too hasty
1: i think no i'm no <laughs> i'm with Hugh on this one i will say i was a little disappointed that we have yet to like if i'm hugh i'm a little bit sad i didn't get to pick one of the other guys for my contracted bond bonded partner now it also sounds like you can bond to multiple things so maybe he was gonna just go on a cool tour bonding to all these really powerful (laughs) entities
0: um (laughs) right but i don't know (laughs) yeah i'm I'm honestly not sure how the how the like bonding relationship works um but he did he did get another bond actually right to some like rock thing To the to the to the rock, yeah, old rock guy, old Dwayne. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I I will say, like, so the the thing that Hugh does with his new attunements, yeah, um, the one thing that we've seen him do is pretty sweet. Yeah, it sounds really powerful and badass. However, yeah, however, the description of his other affinities a little. I was a little disappointed by talk about crystals and what was the other one book it was, so there were three first of all yeah. uh the stellar one yeah yeah, yeah. Which, which is the one that his ray beam of death uh-huh uh which was pretty cool but she said that he wasn't going to be able to use that <laughs> very much at all for a while <laughs> yeah very much at all and then it was crystal which yeah. is going to be the main one which i don't yeah i don't know it's okay sure i agree and then it was you. like planar oh yeah which is like math stuff I think he's good at he's good at trigonometry now, (laughs) which I feel like is fitting, but I don't know. Where's my, where's my dream fire stuff? Where's my blood boiling?
1: (laughs) Great questions, Luke. Great questions. I hope (laughs) we find them. I hope we find answers to these. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He's got to feel a little disappointed about some of these effects.
0: Right. I mean, I'm sure that we're going to, when we learn about them, they're going to be like in somehow super overpowered because of some combination, some creative combination that they're able to cook up.
1: I mean, I could imagine maybe there's a way he could make a crystal lens to focus some stellar energy or something like that.
0: But ooh, super, super death beat.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is what you're saying? Maybe he, I don't know, puts it in like a metallic handle and focuses stellar energy through a crystal and use it like a sword maybe it's like a kyber he could call it like a kyber crystal or something i don't
0: know could be cool um, <laughs> how, many, how many times huh No. Okay. okay i just you keep getting having these really good ideas i think for, for
1: cool things. swords
0: cool glow swords
1: yeah um yeah the other thing about this Though that I think is troubling, and the reason why he's got to be a little bit disappointed is because it seems like they have to be in proximity to the thing that their affinity is, or their affinity is about the thing. So, what I mean by this is like, okay, for Stellar, I don't know, maybe the star when the stars are out, you get more power, but like everybody else, when they're around like rocks, they can do cool stuff with them, right? Like,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um. Or when you're around a storm, or when you're around fire, you ha- exert like some control over it. And yes, there's not a lot of crystal around. In fact, they saw crystal for the first time at the door of the labyrinth, where they're like, "Ooh, what is this? Does this count as rock type?" And they're like, "No, I think <laughs> this is crystal. I think it's different."
0: Right. This this comes into the what is what which things are crystals actually? Right. Um, and I don't, this is not my area of expertise. Like, does ice count? Ooh, I feel like, yeah. Then that feels like cheating. I feel like actually, I feel like a lot of stuff would count, actually.
1: Okay. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. Maybe this is way cooler than we thought. Maybe he's (laughs) about to be an ice mage, but like way
0: more versatile than just an ice mage. (laughs) I mean... I mean, I don't know if he would necessarily have to focus on ice because I feel like... Well, actually, here's the thing. We haven't talked about um, the the ocean mm-hmm. that is nearby, mm-hmm. which is sand, not water. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like... Is sand or crystals, I feel like? <laughs> I
1: don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I feel, like, that's I feel cheating. like they are. I, I feel like know. sand is cheating.
0: <laughs> I don't It's not crystals. It doesn't count. It doesn't count <laughs> if it's not if it's if it doesn't reel on your chakras it's not crystals exactly exactly okay it's true it's a good point okay <laughs> so we'll see we'll see um i don't know it seems it seems like his things are very specific and we have learned the more specific they are the more powerful within their limited range of options i guess mm-hmm yeah. Luke, do you want to hear a theory? Oh, yeah.
1: I think Al is responsible for Hugh's issues. I don't think the demon is responsible for the issues. I think Baccarat is actually trying to help you, And I think Al okay, interesting. is the one who is causing all these problems. Let me explain. At the end, Al is like, oh, hey, it turns out this demon was influencing you a bunch, which is why you felt so down on yourself and why you found this book, which we'll get back to the book thing later, because there's some clear red flags if you understand anything about how a library works that he found this book in the place that it was. Anyway, um, <laughs> Al is just like, yeah, 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 this demon was the one manipulating you. And we eat it up because when we see the demon, it looks Horrific. The demon's got like its guts <laughs> pouring out, and like looks terrible. And apparently, they have a bad rep. Uh, mm-hmm. But Luke, who destroyed Hugh's room, Hugh walked into his room one day, and it was a complete disaster. Right. What, how did that happen?
0: Who did that? <laughs> um. Okay. Good question. I mean, we're we're left to assume that it was Rhodes and crew. How did they get in? His wards are top tier. Okay. Actually, he comes back to this later, and he says that as he learned more, it would have been easy for someone to break them just by, like, I don't know, like slicing a line through them. Okay.
1: But, like, I don't think that he, th- I don't think he then thought, oh, yeah, that's probably what happened with my room. Hmm. Okay. And I I doubt I don't think Rhodes would have been that clever. Like I don't think he would have suspected Hugh to have put wards down. I think they think Hugh is a complete loser and they okay. would have just barged in. They would have tried to just barge in. Sure. I think somebody had to do this without being detected by Hugh's wards. And there are only okay. there is only one person who we have seen who could do that.
0: Right. At least one person that we've seen actually do it, mm-hmm, which is Al right, our guy Al, and okay,
1: where does Hugh go after his room is destroyed?
0: <laughs> he does go where Al told him to go.
1: He goes into a secret room in the library directly under Al's influence
0: <laughs> all
1: right, hmm, this Is true, very convenient. It's very convenient. Also, we don't know Al's attunements. Maybe Al is attuned to dreams. And maybe this is why he is the one who took Talia on. It's because he's like, oh, I've got some familiarity with dream magic. And this is why this is the person that Hugh was trying to ward against attacking Hugh's Mm. dreams. Because maybe Al is the one who is bringing him closer and closer into his
0: clutches sure yeah i i mean i will say when it happened when he was down in the labyrinth yes and bakari or whatever his name was um came to offer whatever yeah i was actually a little bit like oh i i feel i might be swayed by this (laughs) I know. Like, why are you judging this book by its cover? Sure, he looks I, terrible. Uh, <laughs> but have you considered? Sure, I've heard bad things about demons. I, but I don't know. Yeah, you're a kid. Maybe they're chill. Maybe they're chill as hell. It's just a, it's
1: just a, it's just a word, you know. Right, and this person, this demon seems pretty nice and pretty helpful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's hear him out. Cause it's a contract, right? It's like a here's the deal that I'll make with you, and you can be like, no, that sounds like a terrible deal.
0: Yeah. The, the, okay. This is the one that I'm not 100 percent sure how it works, but yeah, it seems like if it's if it's like a written down contract, like the one that we see Hugh does with uh, the index. Yeah. A little negotiation.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. As long as everything's on the table, right?
1: yeah yeah it should be fine
0: yeah
1: uh now i mean i can there is some potential argument of like maybe the book that the demon found for hugh had a special subclause in it that said that the demon gets to occupy hugh's body for (laughs) six out of seven days the week (laughs) but again i think that this is uh I think this is discriminatory against demons. I think there is a conspiracy against this demon.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This, is, uh, this is another reason why I'm pro in Tet Slough. You know, I might be coming around, actually.
1: <laughs> Give him a chance. I don't know. Um, but I do want to come back to the book in the library. So that's uh, the end of theory. I think the demon's actually cool. I think Al is the person we should be worried about. And now I want to go back to how he found this book for making a contract. So he typed in this thing to the index. He was like, find me a contract book, please. And it took him to a shelving location with the incorrect book, right? Mm -hmm. Huge red flags here. Because if I type into the little discovery system, like, find me a book and it takes me to a shelf that the book isn't, isn't there. Something has gone dramatically wrong with like the cataloging and shelving system in this library. Um, and on top of that, the index at one point says that the book he found wasn't in the catalog and they, yeah. So like, if it's not even in the catalog, you should not be able to find it through a discovery platform like you shouldn't be able to go in the (laughs) index and be like hey where's this book and have it
0: show you where the book is
1: right that's suspicious as hell that book is suspicious as hell get it away from you
0: (laughs) okay i i agree with you for sure on this how the one thing that i will say is that this is hugh's first entry into like this magical library Uh uh-huh and so i feel like you could easily be like i don't freaking know how it works it seems very chaotic i don't know
1: okay i think this is fair it does seem chaotic if you're not super familiar with it at first and he does have experience with like back rooms in the library not being well cataloged because like he's living in a place that like the books are just thrown around
0: right and and like i don't know if if my video game knowledge is going to provide any value here i know that if you find uh some super crazy thing in a in a weird place uh yeah i'm gonna check it out okay
1: okay i mean it is concerning that it says that the person went insane after they (laughs) came up with certain spells so like that's a little bit that one's it's a little tough
0: that well it's also like come on come on man how like how can how bad could it be You know, how bad could it possibly be?
1: Luke is the person that's reading the page. Luke is the one who's like, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to see. I don't think it could be that bad.
0: What could it be?
1: Luke, it's a magical library. It could be anything.
0: Yeah, like uh, this spell turns people inside out. Yeah, that was like early in the book. It's fine. How could it be infinitely worse than that?
1: Luke. (laughs) Luke trust us okay we saw everybody we've seen read the book went mad trust us dude it's got to be bad and you're like nah i don't think it could be that bad
0: i don't know how it could be it's yeah
1: you're one of the data points you become one of the data points that's like yeah everybody who reads this goes mad look at luke he he thought it wasn't going
0: to be that bad do do you think (laughs) Do you think the scribe, so, right, because it says there was a scribe that was writing this that went mad, Yeah, right? It's yeah. not like this was the diarrhea of some super evil person, and, like, obviously they were evil, so they were fine. <laughs> right, but we all know. someone, someone copying down this, a normal human person yeah. that went mad at the end. Do you think it was like, <laughs> hey, boss, I'm, like, halfway through this book. I'm starting to feel weird. <laughs> Do you mind if I stop? And their publisher is Jeremy, like... <laughs> I gave you one job. This is due at the end of the week. <laughs> They've got no workers' Three quarters benefits. of the way through. Three quarters of the way through. It's like, hey, uh, I'm starting to talk to people that aren't there. And I think it's because of this book. And their boss is like,
1: ah, I'm so sick of these quiet quitters with their mental health days. And the their... <laughs> their inability to put in a hard day's work looking for employees they put a little sign on the front of their door looking for employees (laughs) or sorry we had to close today our one employee needed a quote mental health day and couldn't be
0: here nobody wants to work anymore nobody wants to work anymore
1: god it's tough it is tough (laughs) i wonder too if the scribe just if the scribe did fake it because they just had such a terrible time in this job, mm-hmm. the scribe was like,
0: uh, "Yeah, they 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 can get some uh, some settlement money too. Yeah, sure,
1: exactly. Claim a little OSHA violation. <laughs> I did not see an eye wash station anywhere nearby.
0: No, no, it's important, especially for this work. Very important. <laughs> um." uh last thing on the library actually that i have uh library kills 200 people per decade yes uh first note why are we doing it per decade
1: yeah it did seem like a
0: weird give me of give me 20 per year what, what are we doing alistair yeah divide by 10 simplify these fractions for me mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. um but also i don't know can we make it a little safer i mean Seems doable
1: A handrail would be nice, I think.
0: For sure, yeah. Um, Uh, Hey, this super valuable library that people can't go into because it's dangerous, let's, like, let's figure something out.
1: Yeah. Um, Alternatively, Luke, here's a possible reason why he said an average of 200 per decade. Maybe these are big events that happen. Maybe it's not, like, one person dying every so often. Maybe it's, like... (laughs) Yeah, the library just killed 150 people yesterday. <laughs> you know what nice. I mean? Like like maybe these are big cataclysmic events
0: that happen that kill Ooh, actually, here's maybe it's to come up with an answer for why he specifically said 200 people per decade. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's got to be 200 people are killed per decade as in in one event randomly. At some point each decade, it suddenly kills 200 people.
1: And now the thing about this that we need to explain is Hugh is memorizing the people that have died in this library and like their causes Mm -hmm. of death. Um, I don't think it says how far apart these happen. I don't think it has a date for each of these deaths Right. So I think it was just there was just one day where if you were in the library, something bad happened to you. It was a random (laughs) thing. It could have, like, from (laughs) falling off of a pedestal to getting lost in the stacks forever. But it all happened on one day. (laughs) Right. i think think that's i think that's probably right i think this feels pretty good to me actually yeah i think the other possible explanation though is that they can't know that somebody has died for a while so like some people just Mm -hmm. get lost and you could probably assume after a year they've died but i don't know if you can formally like put them in the death column until a decade like if they're gone for a decade it's like yeah they're they're not making that out at this point.
0: True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Luke, yeah. Scary place in there.
1: Luke, I am curious what you think about, like, where did this idea of a dangerous library come from? Because when I think of you, a you dangerous... we see it a lot? Yeah, we see it a lot. And when I think of a dangerous place to go, the library
0: is bottom. Probably bottom of my <laughs> list, actually right um i so i think it's a it's a storytelling device because of something that we've said before which is a little a little cheat that authors do <laughs> where they're like you're reading this book so you like reading and so my main character is gonna like reading yeah to so do a little a little right? connection Yeah, so um i do think in these books characters spend an a disproportionate amount of their time in the library right
1: because they like reading
0: yes and also it's it's a lot of it has actually the forbidden knowledge stuff as well
1: yeah but like i have never ever been in a library with forbidden knowledge that seems counterintuitive to a library right like no <laughs> library i've been in has had a section that's like hey you actually can't know this stuff unless you're a special kind of person unless you have special permission <laughs> i've never been in a library like that
0: okay sure have yeah. you like
1: have you have you ever been in a library where there's a section that's like you can't actually even read any of these books not that they're special and you have to get like a, a librarian to help you out with them because i know there are some rare books that are like fragile or whatever but like <laughs> these books the the knowledge in these books is too dangerous for you so you can't go in this section <laughs>
0: Uh, that hasn't happened to me yet. Okay, I like the I like the conditional there. I like the condition. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, if you live in Florida, I think it's probably. Helped. It is. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're
1: keeping them in a special section, though. Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> right, but but no, you're right. It's not. It's not common for sure. Um, I, I I mean, to be. F- To be fair, we're talking about fantasy worlds. Yeah. Where, like, maybe we're learning spell books that are too dangerous until you're past a certain level. Okay, but, like,
1: libraries don't keep the chemistry books secret. Like, there are analogs here, right? There are analogs to where it's like, yeah, I could find a book about how to do a complex chemical reaction that has some potentially dangerous side effects. I could find that like okay. without. I see. They're not. They're gonna give that to me. They're not gonna be like, sorry, you can't check this book out or even read it.
0: <laughs> okay, you're you're saying we need to trust the students a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Or
1: at least like I don't know if you have a book that has a magical a dangerous a magical
0: incantation on it. Catalog that when it comes in. Well actually, in. actually hang on, hang on because if I google like how to build a nuclear bomb. Uh-huh. I'm on a list, right? I mean, yeah, probably. Yeah. Probably. I feel like this is similar because in the in the in the dangerous knowledge in a magical world, right? Yeah. It's like we're trying to lock away let's say a really powerful spell that someone could use that Mm -hmm. like causes a lot of damage and like we need to make sure that not just anybody can come along and learn the spell
1: luke here's where you're wrong though i can go in a library today and get a book that's like hey how did they build a nuclear bomb
0: okay yes but you're not getting the materials
1: oh i see it doesn't come with a little sample of oh I see because these books are giving you everything you need to do it is that what you're saying they're giving right. you everything right. you right You
0: could go read the book and try it tomorrow. Okay. Ooh. There's not there's not like there's not like a little <laughs> nuclear bomb kit in the library.
1: <laughs> maybe there should be Luke. Maybe we need a maybe we need a little radical library action going on. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, no, okay. This is fair because this is a very different. This is a very different thing. Um, I will say, Luke, there are books on hypnosis at the library.
0: Okay. Good point. Good point. Okay. I'm not gonna say yeah. that's the same level as a nuclear bomb, but it could be very dangerous. Could could be very dangerous. Maybe they just don't have the same commitment to freedom that we do.
1: I think this is true. I think this is true. They, it's just not America. They don't love freedom as much as we do.
0: We we love it here.
1: So much. We talked about where dangerous libraries come from. What's up with a labyrinth? I... Okay, because we have libraries. That's a point of reference for us. There are scary, powerful labyrinths in so many fantasy books. Like, <laughs> it's It's like so many of them have a powerful labyrinth. Okay, obviously Cradle has a labyrinth. Arcane Ascension, yeah. The Tower is basically a labyrinth. And I get that this I get that this book is inspired and like references those works. Harry Potter, The Goblet of Fire, huge labyrinth. Um
0: that's nah, more of a maze. Okay, sorry. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't know the difference honestly. <laughs>
1: Oh, you Luke, we're leaving that.
0: <laughs> Do you? What's the, it, it's the same. What There's the synonyms. Between... Okay, They're okay. synonyms. <laughs> okay. 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 God, Luke's an sure. idiot, isn't he, everybody? Um, it's fine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I stand by it. <laughs> um, it just, it seems like we've got a labyrinth in so many things. I want a labyrinth. Okay. Right. I okay. I can hear people being like, "Corn maze is a labyrinth." No, corn maze is not a labyrinth. Corn maze doesn't count as a labyrinth. Why not? Cause it it's not dangerous enough. <laughs> it needs to be dangerous. <laughs> also, okay. there's rules when you're in the corn maze. Like you're not allowed to take the corn. That's unfair. Uh, you can't forge your own path through the maze then it's not even really that big of a maze because if all if all that's holding me in it is my special morals to follow the rules, it's not a labyrinth. A labyrinth is keeping me in there because no matter what I do, I'm not getting... Like, I have to solve this labyrinth to get out. I can't just, like, run through the corn and find my way
0: to the other side. That's not a labyrinth. Okay, okay, sure. I do appreciate how much um, you seem to have <laughs> recently... Uh, blurred the lines between your life and a fantasy, and <laughs> a fantasy book. I want a labyrinth uh, to where you, to where you think they should be similar. <laughs> um, I agree here that mm, yeah, because like in our in our world, a labyrinth or a maze, uh, which are apparently the same thing, it's it's. Calming, I feel like. Labyrinths are more of a like Zen thing. They're like church right? things. They haven't met like
1: church grounds for you to walk the labyrinth and meditate on stuff.
0: Yeah. Right. So in in, in these fantasy books, we've completely completely turned it on, on its head. Um I mean I would prefer the I would prefer the chill one myself, I guess. Luke. I, I mean, okay. Presumably, you're getting some good, you're getting some goodies. Exactly. In the dangerous labyrinth. Give me some loot. Where's the
1: loot? That's why you go in. That's why anybody goes into the labyrinth is cuz there's loot in there. Okay. <laughs> I, okay, 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 okay. This is all I'm saying. This is all I'm saying. You know how escape rooms are kind of a thing? Yep. Give me a labyrinth and okay, put some treats in there. Put some little treats in there for me to find. Sure. Uh, and okay, this is Dan comes of the business idea. Here's what you do. Okay, you start a business where you have a big labyrinth for people to, to come in. <laughs> you make a big. You make a big labyrinth. No rules. Not like a bullshit <laughs> corn maze. And you put actually valuable shit in there. Like you can get a limited edition. Tears of the Kingdom Nintendo Switch and Entry <laughs> the entry is actually cheaper than the prize, some of the prizes would be. Now you got some prizes in there that are low quality or like a stuffed animal from a claw machine. You've got some like cheap prizes in there. And so it works out in the end that you are still making money from people going in the labyrinth. Um, you just you do have goodies in it though. So people are coming in trying to find the goodies. Is it dangerous
0: in some yeah, Of course way? it's dangerous. <laughs> it's a labyrinth. There's like spike traps not, okay, and great. stuff. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. It's a good business idea for sure. Okay, okay okay, <laughs> okay, 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 fine, 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 fine. Let's make it more real. Let's make it more real. Let's
1: say if you get hit with a spike trap or something, you you get kicked out. There's like a, there's like a thing. It's not actually, it doesn't actually hurt you, but that's the end of your labyrinth journey. Sure. If the Minotaur catches you, you're done. You can't come back for a year.
0: Ooh, okay. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) That's a good, that's good. I do think, I do think it would be fun, um, to hear what, what you would consider good loot is, um, I mean, mean, yeah, the the Nintendo Switch, for sure, for sure. I just, like, normally loot in a labyrinth, I feel like, is gear that is going to help you in your professional life, which usually is, like, some kind of uh, combat thing, right? uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I feel like it needs to be it needs to be an analogous thing for our world okay i don't know So like a a really nice really nice office chair
1: (laughs) oh sick i found the i found the gamer chair
0: (laughs) right okay like a nice keyboard
1: oh this one's mechanical
0: (laughs) right we could get it we could get a really a really nice microphone you know for the pot that would be nice. That crisp audio mm. that we're currently missing. <laughs> okay.
1: This sounds like a totally viable business plan, actually, now that I think about I, it. Yeah,
0: I think so too. I think so. <laughs> all could I, all time all time uh dunk it a book club moment of <laughs> Dan going. Yeah, <He>, uh, <laughs> start a business with a lap, right? I love it. <laughs> when when we whenever we do a mashup episode, that's on it for sure. <laughs> I I thought it might be a good idea. Obviously
1: now I know better. At the time, <laughs> at the time I was not clear.
0: Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> yeah, we'll maybe we'll return at some point to uh to this series because I was quite enjoying it. But we're 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 doing our little our little progression tour before cradle. Um so next week we're going to be reading Bastion by Phil Tucker. Uh it is a long one. Um, but I we're gonna try to do it in two so that mm-hmm. we can we can cram before cradle. Um so read the first half of Bastion for next week.
1: Apparently it's a quick read. It'll like keep you it'll keep you hooked in here. All right, folks. So we'll see you next week, unless you're a patron, and then we're gonna right. we're gonna see how how drunk Luke gets by the next episode. <laughs> so I'm holding
0: up well. I will so say far.
1: he's holding up pretty well. He is almost at the end of his cocktail. So we'll see right. we'll see how he lasts for the patron episode. But uh, we'll see you we'll see you soon. Regardless, we'll bring the hot takes
0: and be the dumb nerds.